Hello and welcome to the Tech Disputes Network Need to Know Basis podcast series, which offers a convenient way of getting on top of the most important new developments and cases involving issues with a technology angle via short podcasts of approximately 15 minutes in length. These podcasts offer succinct summaries of the key points to note on the topics we all need to know about in a way that takes up as little of your time as possible. This podcast series is brought to you by the Tech Disputes Network, which is a London-based forum for those engaged with contentious technology issues. My name is Mike Cohen-Bruce, and I'm one of the founders of the TDN, which I encourage you to join by registering at disputes.tech to receive information about our upcoming events and initiatives, which are all free of charge. This podcast is about the recent decision of the UK Supreme Court in the case of Unwired Planet International and others, and Huawei Technologies UK Co. Limited and others. The judgment decided a number of important issues, including, uh, first, whether the English court has the jurisdiction to grant injunctions restraining infringements of UK patents, which are essential components in uh, international telecommunications, Um, if the infringing party refuses to enter into a global license in relation to multinational patent portfolios at rates determined by the English court. Uh, Second, whether England was on the facts of the case the appropriate forum to determine the dispute. Thirdly, uh, whether the license that an owner of what is known as a standard essential patent is obliged to offer must necessarily be non-discriminatory. Um, construed by Huawei as a quasi-most-favoured-nation clause, and uh, also whether on the facts an injunction should have been refused on the basis of unwired, alleged non-compliance with mandatory guidance uh, in the CJEU case of Huawei and ZTE. Um, Despite that broad scope, uh, this podcast will focus principally on the first of these issues, related to the jurisdiction of the English courts, because, um, and with apologies for a spoiler, the Supreme Court determined that the English courts do indeed have jurisdiction to unilaterally set the terms of global intellectual property licences on fair, reasonable and non-discriminatory, or FRAND, terms. By way of context, FRAND refers to voluntary licensing commitments that industry technical standard setting organisations often require from owners of intellectual property that is or may become essential components of specific industries, such as telecoms, which was the relevant industry in this case. Frand terms are therefore of considerable commercial significance, in particular for technical industries operating in an international context. The confirmation provided at the end of last month by the Supreme Court that the English courts have jurisdiction to determine the terms of FRAND licences globally may have potential to make the UK a hotspot for determination of IP disputes in this area moving forward, and hence may be of significance to parties operating in telecoms and indeed other technical industries, as well as to their advisors. The principal parties to this long-running litigation were, on the one hand, a number of UK entities of the Chinese telecoms giant Huawei, who in broad terms were the parties seeking to make use of the relevant patents that were the underlying subjects of this litigation, and, on the other hand, companies associated with two so-called patent assertion entities, 
known as Unwired Planet International and Conversant Wireless Licensing, whose business broadly consists of purchasing IP rights from third parties, often the originators of that IP, and then seeking to license those rights to others on a commercial basis. In very brief summary of the matter background, Unwired had commenced proceedings alleging infringement of certain UK patents and requesting an injunction to prevent further infringement in the jurisdiction. Mr Justice Burse, as he then was, gave judgment for Unwired at first instance, finding variously that a UK patent held by Unwired had been infringed by Huawei, who had failed to purchase the necessary licence to make use of it, and that if Huawei continued to refuse to purchase the necessary licence, on terms that the English court determined to be franned, then the court would restrain infringement of the relevant UK patents by granted a prohibitory injunction. Significantly, in circumstances where Unwired were asserting that Huawei had to purchase a global licence in relation to a portfolio of patents including disputed non-UK patents, Mr Justice Burse held that the English court had jurisdiction to determine the terms of a global FRAND licence on the basis that it was commercially nonsensical for those terms to have to be determined by courts on a country-by-country basis in the absence of agreement as to FRAND terms between the parties, and notwithstanding the fact that the question of whether certain relevant foreign patents were invalid, as Huawei in fact contended, was not justicable in the English courts. Huawei, whose legal team included no less than two heavyweight law firms and now four silks, appealed this decision unsuccessfully to the Court of Appeal and then to the Supreme Court, where it was heard with a similar appeal of Conversant, who, similarly to Unwired, had also purchased a portfolio of patents from a third party and sought to oblige Huawei to purchase a global licence to make use of them on Fran's terms. In its detailed judgment, the Supreme Court began by setting out the relevant commercial context, noting that the essential purpose of the telecommunications patent system was to promote the development of a global market for that industry, while avoiding, quote, the potential for the alternate evils of the abuse by a patent owner of its monopoly rights and of the denial by implementers of the patent owner's legitimate rights. In connection with that objective, the court noted that the European Telecommunications Standards Institute, or ETSI, had adopted an intellectual property rights policy and contractual framework, which is recognised as the relevant industry standard-setting organisation in the EU for telecoms. Under the ETSI regime, owners of patented inventions which they consider might become telecommunications industry standard may submit them to ETSI for consideration as to whether to designate the relevant technology as part of the standard within the EU, on the condition that if they are found to be such essential IPR, the patent owners must offer licences to the implementers who make commercial use of technology on fair, reasonable and non-discriminatory, i.e. FRAND, terms thereby striking a commercial balance between the interests of those in um, in the telecommunications industry, both on the uh, patent owner and also um, implementer side, and so thereby facilitating the consistent industry standard, which is a technical necessity for the efficient functioning of, among other things, international telecoms. 
Huawei advanced five principal arguments against the finding of the High Court and the Court of Appeal that it was obliged to purchase a worldwide license of the patent holder's technology if it was to make use of those patents within the UK. First, it argued that the English courts are not entitled to grant injunctions for the infringements of UK patents absent Huawei's agreement to take a license of disputed foreign patents because this would involve Huawei potentially compromising foreign patent rights, such as its rights to challenge the validity of those payments, those patents, which was acknowledged not to be justicable in the English courts. In other words, Huawei argued that if they disputed the validity or factual infringement of a non-UK patent, the English courts should lose jurisdiction to set FRAND license terms on a global rather than national basis. As to this, the Supreme Court held that, quote, if the judgments of the English court had purported to rule on the validity or infringement of a foreign patent, that would indeed be beyond their jurisdiction. But that is not what Burr's J and the Court of Appeal have done. Instead, they look to the commercial practice in the industry of agreeing to take a license of portfolio of patents, regardless of whether or not each patent was valid or infringed by use of the relevant technology in the standard, and construes the IPR policy as promoting that behaviour. The second argument advanced by Huawei was, as Mark Howard QC put it for them, that the lower courts had effectively set Quote, the English jurisdiction up as a de facto international or worldwide licensing tribunal for the telecommunications industry Quote, by improperly fixing the terms on which foreign patents are to be licensed without regard to what the courts with jurisdiction over those patents might decide. The Supreme Court was ultimately not persuaded by the submission, stating that, quote, we recognise that Bursje has gone further than other courts have done thus far in his willingness to determine the terms of a FRAND license, which the parties could not agree. But his approach is consistent with several judgments in other jurisdictions, which contemplate that in an appropriate case, the court in the relevant jurisdictions would determine the terms of a, of a global FRAND license. Third, Huawei submitted that while companies are of course at liberty to agree deals and compromise their legal rights on a global basis if they wish, national courts should not impose such compromises on them. However, the Supreme Court ruled in relation to this that it did not, quote, accept the distinction which Huawei draws, since the IPR policy envisages that the courts may determine whether or not the terms of an offered license are franned when they are asked to rule upon the contractual obligation of a patent owner which has made the irrevocable undertaking required under the IPR policy. Fourth, Huawei submitted that on any view, the patent owners had no right to obtain an injunction and that its remedies were properly limited to damages for infringement of any relevant patents. However, the court found that the suggestion that the IPR policy removes the patent owner's right to exclude implementers from a national market while requiring the patent owner to establish the validity and infringement of each of its alleged patents runs counter to the balance which the IPR policy seeks to achieve, while also failing to adequately take into account the commercial reality that, quote, operators in the telecommunications industry may hold portfolios of hundreds or thousands of patents, which may be relevant to a standard, with both patent holders and implementers often having an imprecise 
understanding of the specific relevance of individual patents as distinguished from the more commercially meaningful portfolio level uh, at which the patents are relevant, with the practical solution to this being a global license of the patent portfolio, as indeed is common practice in the telecoms industry. Uh, finally, Huawei also submitted that it was disproportionate to exclude its products from the UK market as a consequence of any patent infringement that may have taken place. This argument did not go directly to the question of the jurisdiction of the English courts, and in any event, the court ruled against Huawei, who were also uh, unsuccessful in their forum non-convenience submissions in their arguments that the fact that Unwired had reached an agreement with Samsung on more favourable commercial terms than that which Mr Justice Burse imposed meant that they were obliged to offer Huawei the Samsung terms consistent with the non-discrimination provisions of the Frand license and in their contention that the CJEU decision in Huawei and ZTE established mandatory conditions for a patent owner to obtain injunctive relief which had allegedly not been fulfilled by the respondents. Beyond capping off what Huawei may very well consider to have been uh, a summer to forget in the UK following the government's announcement in July that its technology will be removed from the 5G network within the next few years following US pressure, uh, this judgment has significant potential to make the UK a thoroughly attractive jurisdiction for patent holders to seek to enforce allegedly infringed IP rights in, at least insofar as the dispute concerns whether IPR licenses are fair, reasonable and non-discriminatory, that's to say FRAND. Although implementers may be able to avoid global licenses imposed by the UK courts by simply shrugging shoulders and living with prohibitory injunctions, preventing their unlicensed operations uh, in the UK, and while this might be a more palatable option for the likes of Huawei following the UK's having determined to legally hive itself off from the world's largest common market in the jurisdiction of the European Court, the judgment has potential to keep many a contentious IP lawyer and disputes professionals more generally busy for quite some time. As ever, of course, the impact of this decision will only really be capable of assessment with the benefit of more hindsight, and it's liable to also be dictated by external developments, such as whether the courts of other jurisdictions reach similar conclusions about their own ability to set the terms of global FRAND licenses. However, it's also fair to say that the Supreme Court's judgment appears to have been significantly influenced by the commercial importance of a standardised regime for IP rights internationally within telecoms, a reality which is liable to translate to other major industries with globalisation making international te um, technological standardisation of increasing importance in many business contexts, and IP rights attaining an ever-increasing importance as a repository of commercial value. In other words, and to conclude, despite being a thoroughly comprehensive judgement handed down by the highest court in the land, Unwired and Huawei may very well be the starting gun rather than the bell calling time on global IP licensing disputes in this jurisdiction. While I'm afraid that's all we have time for in this, the succinct uh, confines of this podcast, if further information on any of these issues would be useful, um, please do feel free to drop me a line at michael.cumming-bruce at cyklaw.com or alternatively on 0203 409 6085. 
Um, thanks very much. And um, uh, thank you also for your continued support of the Tech Disputes Network, which is very much appreciated.